Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Now you may be wondering, well not quite so much because we've just started the podcast and you don't know that he's not here yet, but you may be wondering where Tom is because he's not here. Where's Tom, Where's Tom? I don't know. Well actually I do know he's stuck on a train. Lovely Brisbane train services. He is literally, he can't get home and he can't get here. I love Brisbane trains. Please don't break down as much as you do because... They're really good transport when they don't, it's, it's yeah. Then when as someone who lives down. very close to a train station, I rely on you. Yes. Get <laughs> but still, together. unfortunately. So instead, we've invited a producer extraordinaire Zane C. Weber to take Tom's place. I was trying to say, I was knew the alliteration was going to trip me up and so then I just said it even slower. To take Tom's place today and do his best impersonation of the type of advice that he thinks Tom would bring. Oh, see, I spent so long trying to perfect my Tom voice, which I'd never tried until this very moment. And I was so worried that I would just come out with something really offensive. So I'm glad that you've changed it to advice and yes, not for the Tom yeah, voice. No, look, we're not looking for complete mimicry unless that's something you want to try and if it's terrible, we'll cut it out. Mm, no. So, as with our normal episode, I'm going to ask you a question up the top. I want to know what gives you the ick on a first date? What would be something that would give you the ick on a first date? Okay. I mean, I like to think that I'm a very tolerant person. Mm. So, I do have not a big gripe with the ick and how quickly people do write people off, but... I don't tend to do that. That being said, though, there is definitely a scenario in my head where it was just kind of like one, two, okay, third strike, you're out, that's done. This, is, this isn't going any further. I'm going home now. Thank you very much. And that was, was really kind of mean to a bartender. Um, yes. And I... <laughs> The third one, the one that I was like, oh, no, that's totally out of line, was a bartender. Just, like, really, like, dismissive and, like, hey, they're just a person trying to have a good time doing their job. That was going to be the exact same thing that I was going to say. Being rude to the people who are serving you because they have to, not because they're lower than you, but speaking to people in the service industry poorly is an instant goodbye for me. Yeah, and now I work in customer service now. So I can see how I've always had like a soft spot for service uh, people in service industries because it's like you have to put on, put so much energy into every interaction that you have. And as an introvert, I know how much that costs. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Ghost of Boyfriend's Past. I'm Liz Best and... I'm Zane C. Weber, not Tom. Not Tom. We miss you, Tom. 
<laughs> R.I.P. Tom. <laughs> no. Please, please get home safely I mean, on the train. Have a good sleep. Have a, Rest yeah, in peace. Have a little bit yeah, of nap. And then wake up tomorrow. Yes, please. Yeah. Oh, dear God, we need you. <laughs> um, so today we have a guest because it is a main episode and we are going to be talking through some kind of first date ickery. That's kind of why <laughs> I wanted to bring that question up. So today's guest is Carly Dober. She's a psychologist, mental health educator and public speaker with a particular interest in issues that affect the mental health and emotional well-being of young women. And she is also director at the Australian Association of Psychologists Incorporated. Carly, welcome to Ghost the Boyfriend's Past. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk about Ix. I could go on all day. <laughs> could we not all go on all day about Ix? I swear to God, there are so many different first date scenarios and so many different Ix to be had. So what we're going to talk through today is a, a survey that we had sent through from Open Table, and we're going to have a bit of a chat through the results of that, of the ickiest um Ickiest dinner date behaviours is what they've classified it as. Okay. Um, So the ick leads 64% of Aussies to prematurely end a first date, according to Open Table, which I don't have the guts to end a first date. I'd just be icked and sit there until the end of it. I don't know about you. (laughs) I have left a date midday because of an ick. How, what, tell us, how did that go down? What happened? What was the ick first? Uh, But it's the same thing that you were saying before, being rude to wait staff. I was really into this person, um, chuffed that I was on a date with them and we were out for a tie. So, you know, what can go wrong? And then they clicked at the wait staff. Oh, no. And I was like, holy crap. Um, And I was just like, you know, I was curious. I was like, surely he meant nothing by that. I was like, why did you click? Um to get their attention and he was like oh they work for us like they they deserve to wait on me and I was just like oh look thank you so much for your time I've got to go a good day to you I said good day good on you (laughs) well done that's fantastic and according to the um the survey done by open table being a disrespectful diva slash someone who is rude or pushy to the wait staff is 42 percent of respondents said that is one of their ickiest behaviors their number one ranking so it's quite interesting that we both said that all three of us kind of said that that it's just there's no Mm. need to be unkind to people especially if they are literally helping you but it also gives you a great insight into how they view relationships yes (laughs) well at least Mm. maybe i'm extrapolating a bit too much and that's (laughs) because this is my one ick that i'll (laughs) that i personally what do you think people being disrespectful to to wait stuff or service industry people says about a person it can say a lot it can say something about perceived status or social standing and whether they want to portray you know i am better than white staff you know i i've succeeded in life or maybe they um, come from a different class background and they've never actually had to work in a service industry so they don't actually know how much goes into it and how thankless the work is um and Yeah, there can be many different reasons, but I think ultimately it boils down to, you know, how does this person treat other people that maybe they can't get much from? Do you think it's worthwhile doing like a Zane three strikes method or do you reckon it's just like one more, you do it once, (laughs) goodbye, I'm done? I guess it depends on your personal preference and, you know, how you are in the world. If there's been a few other things that maybe orange flags, 
do whatever feels right. Um, I don't think many people would get up and leave if it, if other things felt right and they felt comfortable to have a conversation. Um, stick around. There might be another few red flags that you can see. <laughs> Honestly, the clicking to me is, is, mm-hmm. is pretty bad. Like I just... I, I, there's something about the clicking that just says, fuck yeah. you, you're not even worth me catching your eye contact, you know? It really depends yeah. on the environment. If it's like a raucous bar and you're just kind of like waving your hand and a click. Oh, like, hand in the air, but totally then, different yeah. from Gus on click, click. <laughs> but, then, but then the doubling down of like, oh, no, they work for us. So The doubling yeah. down, that <laughs> just absolutely did it for me. Um, so, look, if you are looking to score a first date, anybody who is listening today, don't be rude to the wait staff because people may judge you for it. Number two on that list was poor table manners, such as chewing loudly or with their mouth open. Now, that's 24% of respondents said that was a major ick for them. Zane, what do you make of that? I... Mm. Immediately, when I read that, I immediately went like, oh, is that ableist? I, but, that, but that being said, I think manners can be really kind of ingrained in you mm. from an early age. And as soon as you see someone, it, it already, already puts a distance between you and them. It's like, oh, that's not how I would behave in public. I'm not comfortable with that. So I understand why it could be a nick, but I don't, I don't think I would end a date prematurely unless this was like the several red yeah at the end of a series of red flags what's your thoughts on that one carly i really agree with saying that it could be potentially ableist if you didn't know much about the person or they haven't shared much i think what can be tricky as well that everyone has a preference and everyone has a way that they were raised and how they also act and how their friends act and if you've got someone who you know everything else um is you know quote unquote normal um and they just like eat with their mouth full or a bit of a slob yeah. dare I say, mm. and you might just not um, be attracted to that. Like to me, that's a bit of a preference thing as well. Yeah. For, for me, because my first thought was, oh, that's classist, um, not just ableist because some mm. people grow up mm-hmm. in different, mm-hmm. you know, some people yeah. know what the tiny fork does and some people have no bloody <laughs> clue, you know. Yeah. And But the other part of that is that if if it's a if it's in combination with something else maybe so if they've come dressed in track pants and they have crappy table manners you know they don't show pride in their appearance and they have crappy table manners or like speaking with your mouth full of food like table manners such as chewing loudly like I speaking from somebody who used to have really bad allergies (laughs) I can't breathe through my nose so sometimes I have to kind of open the corner of my mouth just to breathe and chew. Um, but I would not talk with my mouth full of food. Um, and in fact, I have someone had someone do that on a date and accidentally spit food into my water glass. No, thank you. Yep. Okay. No, thank you. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> However, that being said, <laughs> mm. um, I guess it, it has to be paired with, uh, like, again, that, that doubling down is like, are they doing that because they don't know any better, but they're mm. otherwise a really nice person? Or are they a, a little bit like, oh, I don't have to put on airs for you. I I can do whatever I want and I'm just going to eat messily. Didn't we have an episode recently, a mini episode, where someone 
uh, sent in a date that they deliberately were rude yes. and horrid yep. and, and, gross. and gross on a date and went, that's a test. If you can deal with me at my worst, then well done you. Oh, yeah, that's gross. a nick. Yeah. yeah, Carly, what do you make of that one as a psychologist? <laughs> that always seems like preemptive striking things or trying to self-sabotage because of some kind of avoidance thing without knowing the person at all. Yeah. Yes. That could be one thing, but, yeah, that's that's a bold strategy. I don't know if I would do that. <laughs> Apparently it worked for this this right. person. But, it 100% would not have worked for me. I would have gone, yeah. screw you. How dare you assume that you need to put me through a test to see, you know, no thank you, no thank you, please. Um, so number three was, and this one really pisses me off, was digital distractors spends too much time on their phone. Now technology, it's everywhere. At the moment we have it in our pockets, we have it in our hands. What should we do if we are on a date and somebody is spending too much time on their phone, Carly? Is that something we address with them? I think if it's going to make the night more um, enjoyable for you to maybe gently bring their attention because I guess, as you said, technology is everywhere. Sometimes it might be a mindless habit where we're just picking up our phone. The person might be nervous and anxious and it might be a bit of a safety behaviour um, or they might be waiting on something really personal and really important but they don't know you yet so they are a bit nervous to try and bring it up. However, there are also people that treat their phone as their best friend, everything, and they'll preference that over human interaction and I do think in both cases a gentle conversation or startup is important because it makes question. you feel like crap is it cute or is it icky in itself if you send them a text about, <laughs> <laughs> about them being on their phone I think it's great because <laughs> okay. I was thinking what would I do in all? that situation I'd be like oh are you enjoying are you enjoying the meal or are you having fun I wouldn't, uh, can, I, can I do anything else I would make it if I was gonna that that's a bold I personally I'd mm. be like I'd send something like, you look really cute, like, yeah. or something oh, yes. that's like complimentary, not, are you done yet? Or <laughs> oh, yes. am I not like, interesting enough? <laughs> I think us being the very charming people that we are, yes, Liz, naturally. we would be, we would use it as a, as a time to make a witticism, but like, yeah. could that be icky in and of itself? <laughs> but, but even then, right. So when I've been on a bad date, I have had urges to pick up my phone oh, because yeah. it is so mm. awful that you have, you know, like a, this is why people don't meet people in real life anymore, right? Because everybody, when they have nothing to do or nothing to say, they pick up their phone so that they don't look like they're alone. And yep. you can never catch someone's eye and have a meet cute <laughs> anymore because of that. That's my theory. But I think I would, I, like I normally make a point of putting my phone face down mm. so that even if it has to be on the table near me or I will lose my shit, um, it's face down and it's on silence so that if someone urgently needs to get me or if the friend that I have asked to call in the middle of the day to make sure I'm not being <laughs> murdered calls, I can mm -hmm. still get the call but not answer the text. I think that's good social etiquette. And again, not everyone is aware of this. Not everyone knows this. So I think um, if you've picked up something that the person is on their phone a lot before you've entered the restaurant or the bar, you can maybe say, I'm just going to put my phone face down because I really want to give you my whole time and attention. You know, you can lead by example that way if you don't want to maybe a bit more you know, assertive or forward, but I think you can also ask, you know, are you enjoying yourself? Is this conversation okay? I noticed mm. you're on your phone a lot. Is everything okay? 
Yeah, well, because something could be going on in their lives. Like, we have no idea what's happening in somebody else's life. Oh, Carly, that sounds like a really healthy way to approach the situation. (laughs) Um, I I don't know if I could achieve that. (laughs) I will say, though, um, some people, they just don't get it. Um, and they also want to pretend like they're so important that they can't be away from their phones even a second. Um, and that's something in and of itself. So I think if you're feeling icked by it and there's nothing else going, you know, well enough with this person that you'd want to see them again, follow that instinct. That might bring it into another one a bit further down the list of, um, bragging about how much money they make. Mm. It's like how important they are yeah. and how mm. lucky you are yeah. that they could make time to... <laughs> yeah. Mm. So number five on this list, and I cannot believe that this is not further up on the menu because I don't know about... I said menu because it's in there, but <laughs> it's also, yeah, ordering for the other person without even asking. To me... I would be furious if somebody oh, yeah. did that without asking because you know I've been on that menu online before mm-hmm. we even got there and picked out exactly what I want to eat. <laughs> I'm not sure that I knew that, Liz, but um, and I'm not sure that they would either unless they've listened to the back catalogue Unless of they podcast. have had the discussion with me, right, Carly, and said the pizza is really good here, would you like to share that? That's consulting, even if it's only a yeah. cursory... I know this food. What do you reckon? But what would you do? What would you do if someone did that for you? If someone just went, we'll have the without even talking to you? Oh, I'd be fuming. That's happened to me before as well. And they ordered a salad, and I was like, oh, what are you doing? Like, please, no. like, what are you trying to say? Do you like? That's like an extra level of offense. Is putting yes. is ordering a salad for someone yes. else. How dare yes. you make assumptions that I would eat that rabbit food, sir? Now yeah. I'm going to assume. Now, please don't kill me. I'm going to assume <laughs> that you are both very well-read uh, individuals. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Did you know that this was actually dating advice given to men? Uh, it may, may not be recently, but definitely a few decades ago. It was like... This is how you you go in, you take care of everything, you order mm. for them, um, and, yep, you order their drink, you order I'm their well meal. well read, but I did not know that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure, like, it might come from, like, the 40s or 50s, but it's definitely mm. lived on. I heard it when I was a teenager. <gasps> so that was, I'm dating myself now, but that was 90s, 2000s. Um, mm. So, yeah. But yeah, it's the it, I mm, again. I think I would make a joke of it if it happened to me. But it has never happened to me, so I don't think I get a, a say on this one. How do you reckon is a good way to play it off if someone does this to you on a first date and you don't quite want to get write up and off. leave and write it off? But what is a good way to address this, Carly? If someone does this for you and you're not super keen on it. I love inviting humour and inviting them into the joke in a really nice way. I think it can be done so well. You can maybe be like, yes, and afterwards we'll have the pasta to share or, yes. <laughs> or we'll have the dessert. Yeah, I think Oh, I like that. Humor. Yeah, because, again, maybe they've read like a dating guru, like the game yeah. book or something, Oof. and they're like, this is, how I, this is how I do it. This is, you know, they might not have had like a father figure or like a mm. mom or like people around them to teach them to consult to you know whatever so maybe this is what they really think they need to do you can teach people and use humor and it can be really nice and the date can 
be a success. Yeah, I really like that. That yeah. is a really good suggestion. One extra layer of wankery on top of that, though, is if they if they order in in a different um, language in front of you <laughs> and don't tell you what they've ordered, just to be like, look at all the languages I can speak. <laughs> Um, and then I'd be like, uh, can we translate for the table, please? Thank you so much. Or pull up Google Translate on your phone, hold it up so they can see that it's translating it for you. I can't help but like just amal- create an amalgam of all the hypothetical, and I'm, I'm going to say men on the in this situation, hypothetical men that we are, uh, that we are um, calling forth with this behaviour. And it's like, oh, he's, he's, He's very into cryptocurrency. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yep, yep. He's the guy. He's the guy that I went on a date with. Where the first thing he said to me was, "Why do chicks always have to slam the car door?" Oh. That guy with his fancy nice car. That's who he is. That's this guy that oh. we're talking about right now. Why do chicks not respect my automobile? <laughs> Now I've just Part really going. Oh, sorry. Part of me, uh, you know, if I always say that dating is like going on an interview and trying to kill it at the interview, like a job interview, you know, it's a skill. Yeah. And uh, like, you know, part of me is like, oh, bless these people that are just trying their damn best and, you know, don't know what to do. But I think beware of the people that get the feedback and have gotten the feedback about these pics and they still use these behaviors. Yes, that is a really good point as well. I guess as a, it speaks to compatibility, like what kind of jobs are you going for? Like are you both going for the same job where you're compatible or are you going for very different Vastly jobs? Vastly different companies even. <laughs> <laughs> now I've realised I've mixed, missed one. I missed one on the top five list. Oh, and it's a good one it's too. It's a good one. Zane, mm. which one is it? The ex-planer who's talking too much about their ex. I have encountered this one and it is bad. I worry that I have been this one. Oh, no. <laughs> Gentle inquiry. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I think it's, I don't think it, I ever prompted the talk about the ex. I think exes came up and we had a discussion about this and it didn't go poorly. So I'm going to assume that it wasn't an ick factor as part of the conversation. But yeah, mm-hmm. it was something that I wasn't particularly comfortable talking about on the date. <laughs> I think X is a second date conversation, if at all, really. Oh, like, I would I would put it well, like fourth like, or fifth. Like this is at, at, at best slash, yeah. no, at worst. No, I don't know where I'm going with this, but not first date. My <laughs> <Yeah>. point is, like, <laughs> especially if you say the word crazy or psycho oh. in that conversation as mm. well. It sends a message to someone that, you know, especially if they bring it up date number one, that, oh, maybe you're thinking still about someone else. You're not really um, ready to engage in whatever kind of relationship configuration this might be. Mm. It kind of, it can be a bit of a mood ruiner and it, also sends a signal that perhaps um, there's a lot of stuff that they need to work on as well. And whether that's true or not, I guess that's the message that's interpreted from people. I do think it is... Oh, here I go. I'm always devil's advocate. I'm sorry for being that guy. It is a good way to see what baggage they're bringing, but it's really difficult to show your baggage off in a good way. So why do it in in the first place? Yeah. 
Yeah, and I guess as well, everyone has their own preference, right? So I guess if, you, you know, everything else is like, you know, sending you really nice, hot, warm signals about this person, you might be more inclined to hear a little bit about the ex if they share a little bit. It doesn't seem like a trauma dump scenario. They're right. They're quite respectful. Mm. They move on, ask you about yours, quick conversation, then you move on to getting to know each other. You know, that's one thing. But I guess, you know, someone talking about their ex for half an hour, ordering for you, texting their ex while they're like you know it's, it's <laughs> texting their ex i think that's that's that it, i think that is multiplicative again <laughs> that's a bigger red flag <laughs> again i'm sure we've had a story of somebody who came on and talked about having a date and literally their ex like showed up outside and they ended up going up with the i'm sure that popped up on a mini readers if you remember that story let me know what episode number it is because i'm sure that happened i'm sure that happened see the thing for me is that if they're talking about their ex that's one thing but if they're talking about them in a really respectful way that could actually be a green flag i think yeah Yes, there's a little nuance to all of this as well. But if yeah. they're talking about their ex, um, they're not really asking you any questions, trying to get to know you. They're being really derogatory about the ex, and you'll never get the ex's side of the story, or you rarely will. So, you know, you don't know. It's, yeah. Now, let's, the next list that Open Table have come up with is the biggest conversation killers. And number one on that list is pining over an ex on a date. So 73% of respondents identified talking about an ex as a killer for a second date. But again, I think as we've just covered, nuance is so yeah. important in can we, that. Can we, because I think we can combine, because pining over an ex is number one, but number four and number five are bad-mouthing an ex yep. and asking mm. about your ex. Yeah. It's like they really mm. want to have this ex conversation on the first date and I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, if they yeah. keep bringing it up when you keep shutting yeah. it down, that is a problem. The one question mm. I hate on a date, and this might be, um, I mean, I'm sure other people hate it as well, but um, how mm. is it possible? Like how are you single? <laughs> like what are you going to be like? Um, it's just really poor personality, I guess. <laughs> Well, I'd just be like standards. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I guess for some people it can be like a bit of a neg, like, oh, okay, yeah. what do you mean by that? Um, and also maybe I just enjoy being single. Like there's nothing wrong with being single. It's a bit of an assumption or a judgment as well. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. We've said that on this podcast before. Like a lot of family people would say to you, oh, you'll find someone. I'm like, who says I want to? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so look, I think we set a blanket. If you can avoid it, maybe don't talk about the ex on the first date unless it comes up naturally and you do it respectfully and it lasts quickly and and (laughs) then you are done. Now, one of the other things on that particular list, uh, bragging about how much money they have, we've sort of covered. But that's, I mean, that's, unless you're specifically on a sugar daddy site or sugar mama site, that's that's not great. I mean, on a first date, I want to know, like, what is the most interesting things about you? And if the most interesting thing about you is the fact that you earn more than the average person... I don't find that super compelling because yeah. I want to know what you do with that money. Yeah. If you're if you like traveling, if you like into extreme sports or you have like a intense hobby. Um yeah. How do you navigate money on the first date, Carly? Well, I mean, if the conversation is brought up i mean it really depends on your background as well, doesn't it? Because a lot of people might be a bit financially insecure or have a 
difficult relationship with money. And I think as well, money can be quite taboo to talk about Mm. early on. So I think it's really about how like private you want to be, how comfortable you are with this person. And again, like Zane said, what's, what's the point? Am I trying to understand the meaning? Maybe your relationship to work? Are you an overworker? Is that why you earn so much money? Do you have time for a relationship? What's this about? Um, do you spend your money a lot? Like, you know, you can earn a lot of money, but you can be very financially irresponsible. Got it all in Bitcoin, baby. Oh, (laughs) as soon as someone says crypto or Bitcoin on a date, I'm out. I'm out. I think also when you're talking about money, it's the bragging part of that particular thing. Um, Not necessarily just talking about money, but bragging like, you know, oh, you're lucky to be on a date with me. I earn like 250. I don't know what's rich these days. Everything seems rich to me these days. (laughs) Sure, $250 a day, maybe. $250 a year, sure. I meant $250 a year, but that's like, I'm sure people earn, I mean, billionaires earn way more than that. It makes me really sad. But I... I, mm, Would you go on a date? with a billionaire yes. if you knew that they were a Sorry. billionaire <laughs> yes <laughs> it would be a really nice restaurant as long as they weren't expecting me to pay for my half because I can't afford it Gina Reinhardt <laughs> Liz is interested <laughs> I didn't even know I wouldn't go on a date with Elon Musk. I was about to say I'd go on a date with Elon Musk, but I think he'd actually... See, the, the richest of people I find tend to be super stingy on dates to make sure that you're not after them for their money. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, like, I I did go on a date with someone who was incredibly wealthy and we went to the, like, a hole-in-the-wall little place and then went Dutch, which I was fine with because you know my stance mm-hmm. on going, you know, b- both yeah. paying your way, but I was a bit surprised. I don't have enough experience in this arena. I don't date rich people, apparently. (laughs) I think my first question if I went on a date with a billionaire would be, will you spend this money on me? (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit. If you have $100 billion, may I have one? What? <laughs> Just one. I'd settle for 10 grand. I am cheap with billionaires. That would change my life right now. Well, now you put that crisis. I think we'd all be happy with 10 grand. Cost of living, absolutely. That's my petrol and groceries sorted for a couple of months at least. <laughs> all right. So now next we kind of go down to talking about paying as we've kind of segued into that. So 40% of respondents say the biggest planning ick is their date choosing an expensive location but refusing to pay for part of or the entire bill. Now, I Mm. think they 100%, if they choose the expensive restaurant, should be paying at least half. If you choose the restaurant, it's only fair. Yeah. Because you've Mm. made the choice, you've committed to that Mm. level of expense. And if it's a first day, you don't know how much liquid liquid cash this person that you're going with has. Mm. But um How would you suggest, Carly, kind of approaching the the who pays discussion and at what point in the date organization process do you bring it up, do you think? Honestly, as soon as a date is floated or a date is um, set in stone, the location done, I think whatever your preference is, I'm not here to judge preferences, I think you should just say, hey, this is my preference for dates and paying, what's yours? And negotiate it before you go there. Because as we said, talking about money can be really awkward and we don't want anyone feeling pressured, um, especially if they are under significant financial constraints to pay for something that they're not comfortable for and will leave them stressed. So healthy. 
Yeah. I don't know how to. I don't know how to riff on that. <laughs> so. Yeah. Look, I. Uh, the thing is, though, is that the the trouble that I with because my preference, Carly, is that I don't mm. let somebody pay for me unless I'm willing to give them a second date because I don't mm. want to feel mm. like they're mm-hmm. taking advantage of me. So I don't want it to be like mm. when we're organizing the date. Oh, I'll pay, and then I turn yeah. up and I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, yeah. you know, this is the thing. And then we go next to um, still talking about planning. There was uh, 49% of respondents believe that the person who asked you out should make the dinner reservation. Carly, thoughts on that? I have um, no real thoughts. I think um, dating culture and dating scripts can be rewritten and I wouldn't personally like adhere to that. But I guess, you know, what what did we inherit? What has culture told us? What is in films and media? Maybe that's an inherited belief. Mm. Um, and I think with preference, you can play around and use what's what fits you the best. Well, see, the next one also says 33% believe that planning should be a joint effort and for 22% of respondents, their date deciding to take control over date planning and rejecting any suggestions would put them off a second date. So there's kind of mixed messages there with half of the people saying the person should plan the date and half saying don't. Um, I've got a real easy solution for this. Communicate. <laughs> what? Pretty much. Pretty talk, much. talk to each other about what you like. It's a revolutionary concept, I know, but just say, what do you fancy? Where Have you got any preferences on where you'd like to go? Shall we plan one thing and I'll plan the other, you know? Next, you're going to want me to go on dates well, with the help. Oh, <laughs> get out. Get out. It is, this, is, this is a really confusing section of statistics because, yeah, 50% of people think that the person who asked should make the dinner reservation and then half people believe that uh, 33% think it should be a joint effort yep. and 22 think that the date uh, so that their date rejecting their dinner plans would put them off. So I've had this happen to me where I immediately cancelled a date with someone over text because they tried to take control of it. So mm-hmm. I said, would you like to go for coffee? Um, and I and he said, I don't like coffee. Um, let's go here. And his date was a completely different like f- activity suggestion. And I just wanted a coffee date. And I said, Oh, is there somewhere we can just sit down and have a drink? Because I didn't want to commit to like a full Bring on a activity. drink kayaking, Liz. Yeah, like, exactly. Kayak. <laughs> and the way that he reacted to me rejecting his rejection of my suggestion (laughs) i'm like you just rejected my suggestion and you're upset that i've rejected yours this ain't gonna work no thank you thank you and goodbye so much so much okay so now let's talk about what types of restaurants people go to because look there's a really it's a minefield choosing where to go. Do you, as again, do you go for drinks? Do you go for coffee? Do you commit to a restaurant? If you do commit to a restaurant, do you want to be flashy on the first date to treat them, you know, all romantic like, or do you want to go casual so that there's no pressure? You know what I think? Communicate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sensing a theme here. (laughs) Okay. But again, I'm very sorry. I'm the. Uh, male presenting one at the table, I need to pay devil's advocate. Otherwise, I won't mm-hmm. be doing my job. Yes. What about if you want 
the Disney romance film story of we just organized a date and everything went super smoothly and I didn't have to talk about my feelings or communicate at all. Everything just went perfectly. So I... I don't know about you, Carly, but I think if you plan drinks, the perfect date can happen after that, right? So if the drinks go well, someone goes, let's continue this, and then fountains spring up beside you, and then like a pigeon lands on your – not a pigeon, pigeons are romantic birds. A robin lands on your finger. You know, like I, I don't think you have to – and I think I would be freaked out if someone had planned this big romantic date for a first date, especially in the, in the, in the day of apps. Yeah. where we don't know people that we're going on first dates with rather than having been courting for, I don't know, <laughs> how long did people court for back in the day and then ask for Months a date? at least. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you think about, like, when choosing a date, what does – is does it say something about you depending on where you would choose, Carly, or oh, – this, this is really – I'm deep diving into research now. So I guess research tells us that the more novelty – that we can invite into the dating experience, the more um, highly the, the datee will think of you. So I guess coffee or beers or a bar, like, you know, all that stuff is great. I'm not going to knock that. But I think, you know, if you are dating, you might be going on coffees with a few people and, you know, it's, it can be kind of interchangeable. So I think it doesn't necessarily have to be really expensive or like a really well restaurant, but what kind of novelty can be invited into the dating experience? So what you're saying is that Tom and my suggestion of bowling dates is a really good idea then. It is, it is. There's adrenaline, there's yes, yes, great idea. Activities are so great. And I'm terrible at bowling, but terrible at bowling <laughs> is cute so they can show me what to do it right is. no a lot of jokes a lot of athletic prowess it's yes. great yes that's really really interesting because that it's exactly opposite to my instinct for a first date yes which is yeah. have yeah. the date oh, i guess location of the activity be mm-hmm. as generic as possible so that you can just focus on like each <gasps> other and like see like how you get along there but like okay if you're see, Treating it like a, I guess like a like I need to stand out in your mind by associating myself with bowling. This is also <laughs> doesn't have to be bowling. But this is also like, I'm a really good bowler. Rest- so is there a restaurant with robots? You know, this like whoa, fair. Yeah. escape robots. room to see what they're like under pressure. <laughs> your <Yes>. first date. <laughs> so here's the thing, right? I maintain that there is a difference today, and this is something that's happened in the last ten years between a first date and a first meeting, and I think that when you meet someone that you've been talking to on the apps, I think that's a meeting, not a date. And once you've decided you like each other, then the next thing that you do together is your first date. That's what I kind of consider it about in my head. I like that. Yeah. I think in my past I've actually lived that and I really resonated with that when you said that yeah for sure yeah it's like the interview process is like Mm -hmm. one of them's the interview and now you've been shortlisted so we're going to do like a trial run where you can have you know the meeting is the Mm. resume yes (laughs) (laughs) and then if you pass no the dating bio is the resume (laughs) the profile on the app's the resume people Mm. need to learn how to write resumes can I just (laughs) say okay so again let's go back to talking about who pays the bill now 43 percent of respondents of this survey believe that the bill should be split 50 50 regardless of who initiated the date 
And I kind of agree with, like, again, I agree with that. But if someone is really insistent on paying, I'll let them because then it gets kind of scary. But in terms of uh, how much you spend, there's two-fifths of respondents believe that a dinner date should cost between $31 to $50 per person. I guess this is obviously with drinks included because if my meal cost $50, I'd be like, holy crap. I have no money left. (laughs) (laughs) What do you reckon? How much would you spend on a first dinner date? And I guess Uh, this depends on if it's the first meeting date or you really like each other date. Well, I think we can assume. Let's let's say it's a restaurant. So we're going to a restaurant to have have dinner and some drinks and what have you. I think $50 per person is... uh, Maybe I'm a weird person. I think that's conservative. Maybe I'm just really broke right now. (laughs) (laughs) And look, it has been a while since I've dated in this manner. Yeah. Because I met my pirate partner during COVID. So (laughs) cocktails are like $25 each now. So, So, like, I think in an ideal world, I think that that is probably an appropriate amount to spend. Yeah. and that being said, like I, if I'm going on a date with someone, and again, male presenting, pretty masculine guy, I will, I will assume I, I'm willing to pay for the whole thing, but I will not s- insist upon that at the end of the date. But basically, we would negotiate that at the date. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I guess thirty-one to fifty is an appropriate amount. But there's also here um, twenty. A quarter of people think. $51 to $80 is an appropriate amount. I, that's probably where if I would drinking, be like... If we're drinking, I'd be like, okay. And that that's about where I'd be like, okay, that that's that's mm. what I would expect to spend. Not an ideal amount, but yeah. Let's say you didn't talk about cost before you went on the date and you didn't compulsively look at the menu like I do before you went <laughs> and you get there and it's way above your price range. What... What do you do, <laughs> Carly? What is how? How would you address that? Would and at what point, like at the date, would you address that? Yeah. Go to the kitchen and use the back door and run out. No. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you weren't healthy, Carly. I knew you had it in you. <laughs> oh, honestly, that's probably um, the most one of the most awkward and confronting things that can really shake you and cause a lot of anxiety. And I guess people will either pretend that they're fine with it. They'll order something really small and they'll just be so uncomfortable the whole time. They won't be putting their best foot forward because they'll be preoccupied with this stuff for whatever reason. Um, And they might feel a bit embarrassed or ashamed over an like a subjective price. It actually means nothing about them, their life, their success thing, but money can bring up a lot Mm. for us. So it's either that or they'll say something. And I guess to save yourself the long-term pain, maybe do the short-term pain stuff and say something in the moment, whatever that looks like. Like, this is a bit more expensive than I thought it was going to be. I'm really sorry. I didn't didn't know. Um, You know, are you happy going somewhere else or negotiate, communicate? That's a difficult one. That's one that I think a lot of people don't realise is that once you've sat down at a restaurant, if you haven't ordered anything, you you can leave. Like, (laughs) there's no rule saying that you have to stay there. There's, You know, (laughs) so you've drank a little bit of their water. So what? Like, you can get out there and go. 
I honestly would try and make yeah. a joke out of it and be like, whoa, like, thank you so much for thinking this highly of me, but I cannot afford this this week. Can we go grab a pizza? And if they're like, no, I only eat at the finest restaurants, then that's a no on the date for me anyway. That's like right. humor, yeah. right? Like self-deprecation <laughs> or humor. They're my only two go-tos. What if they said, no, I only eat at the finest restaurants, but I'll pay for you. No, but I don't like them, so then I'd be breaking okay. my own rules. If they, if they, if they really are said it in a really cool voice, like a "Don't worry at all, I've got this one." Yeah. No worries. I was like, "Don't worry, I know the chef." Yeah. Or <laughs> if they're like, "I've got a coupon," I'd be like, "Oh, <laughs> bold, <laughs> but okay, bold, bold. move." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So look, Carly. Now that we've kind of looked at all of this research. What are some ways of dealing with an ick and how do you assess in the moment whether that ick is enough for you to leave or not? Great question. I think the ick um, can sometimes be a true ick, like a revulsion or disgust, like this is never going to work out. This person is good for another person, but not for me. You know, good luck, all the best. But sometimes an ick might be more about something that comes up in us, like a bit of embarrassment or shame or a bit of a lack of confidence. So I guess, you know, be mindful, take a couple of deep breaths, assess in the moment, you know, should this be something that I write this person off for? You know, might there be more to the story? Do I want to hang around and find out? Okay, so let's say you do hang around and find out, but at the end of the day, you're not keen, but they message you the next morning saying they had a really great time and they'd love a second date. Now, this is something that we discussed in a previous episode and we kind of, you know, touched on the fact that a lot of guys would just say, it's fine, don't worry about it, you know, like Mm -hmm. be honest. But what about if there's like a sinister undertone with it and you kind of got a real like scary ick to it? How do you how do you tell someone no in a way that's going to both keep the situation healthy and keep yourself safe? Mm, really, really difficult. And I guess, you know, trust your gut instincts and maybe talk to some friends about it as well. But I would say I would be firm and kind. So I'd say something like, look, I had a lovely time. Great meeting you. I don't, don't think this is going to go anywhere. I wish you all the best. You know, again, leave it on a kind note and that's it. Don't feel like you have to respond if they respond back to you. Um, A message is a message, especially if they don't know your address or anything about you. But, yeah, really stick to your boundary and chat to some friends about it. I love that. That's pretty much the advice we gave, so hooray! (laughs) I I would love to ask, do you think you you owe someone advice about the ick that, Got you. Good question. Oh, um, look, I would say no. And I say that because I guess I've probably done some things that have icked people out in my dating history for sure. I mean, would that data have been helpful if I wanted to date them more and we were compatible? Maybe, mm. but maybe not. Maybe it was just a preference that I couldn't change, like the way I snort when I laugh sometimes. I mean, victim. Sorry, that's just me laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I think if they've done if they've done something that's like hideously rude I would probably say something maybe like if it was yeah. really offensive or if it was um oh, I've, I've had this conversation before and I can't remember the exact thing that I was like I think they oh it was somebody who ghosted me and mm. I wanted to send them a message saying just letting you know that was really rude um and they're like you have no dignity and I'm like I'm sorry but if nobody ever tells 
I used to be a relationship columnist, Carly, and the (laughs) amount of people that thrived in the comment section telling them how shit I was. Um, But yeah, they were like, you have no dignity, leave it. Why would you message someone if they've ghosted you? And I'm like, to tell them that ghosting is a really inappropriate behaviour and maybe if enough people tell them that it's shitty, they might believe it. Like, they might not, but also... It's, I mean, look, if it's going to make you feel like you can, you know, shut, shut the books, go for your life. Right. You, know, you never know what's going to come back. If it doesn't, if, it, if you're happy, just leave it there. Go for your life. I love it. And yeah. it would make me feel better. Thank you so much. <laughs> Do it. Carly, is there anything else that we haven't chatted about that you wanted to mention in terms of navigating the X on dates? I would just say enjoy. Um, you know, dating can be really fun. X are a part of it. And yeah, have the best time. I think dating can be great. Because look, every that's bad really date, great advice. every bad date's a good story. I say this all the <laughs> yeah, time. That's right. Yeah. And, and uh, but also, I'd like to say, not every like last date, whether it's first or last or whatever, not every last date has to be a bad time. Like you don't, it doesn't need no. to be not fun for you not to click with someone. Yeah, mm. you might end up with yeah. a really good friend. Yeah. Like I have met yeah. one person on a date who is still my friend. One out of all the people I've dated, Zane, <laughs> friends with one of them, so it proves that I'm a functional human. <laughs> Cling to that, Liz. Cling to it. Cling to it forever. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Carly. If you would like to be a guest on Ghosts of Boyfriends Past, if you've got a story to tell or you're an expert and want to weigh in on the dating sphere, go to that's not canon.com forward slash ghosts of boyfriends past and fill in our handy little form. Otherwise, thank you so much as well, Zane, for being on mic this episode. You're very welcome. And Carly, thank you again for sharing your expertise of the ickery of dating <laughs> these days. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. And guys, rate, review, subscribe, and tell us about your first date icks and how you deal with them. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There are known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns. But there are also unknown knowns. The ancient and esoteric order of the Jackalope is a secret society devoted to unearthing and sharing this forgotten knowledge. Each episode, we take one of these strange stories and share it with you. No topic is off limits, except for the obvious. Available wherever fine podcasts are sold.